Today's podcast sponsor is Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was created to be the best gaming drink on the planet, with a recipe that is more effective than any competitor, with no chalkiness, no sugar, and a simple-to-mix design. Rogue has a wide variety of flavors to choose from. Get a Rogue Shaker and a single serving pack of each of the 16 Rogue flavors with the trial stack. Use my promo code CODY, C-O-D-Y, at checkout to save 10% on any RogueEnergy.com order. Rogue Energy, the ultimate gaming drink. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Cody Springer Show. Hope everyone's doing good today. Today is um, March 24th, 2022. Hope everyone's doing good. And uh, yeah, we've had some guests on the podcast here lately. If you haven't already, um, check out the two interviews I did last week. I interviewed um, artist and social media influencer Two Shot Gabe, um, a returning guest of the show. Um, yeah, we talked about his upcoming music and what he's been up to as of late. You know, we just had a kind of a pretty enlightening discussion, I would say. You know, Gabe's definitely um, mature beyond his years, I would say. And then I also had a new guest on the show, a fellow podcaster, that being Mark Hammond, uh, the host of the Evil Mark Show. Um, had a fun time uh, talking to Mark. Um, very knowledgeable about sports. And uh, yeah, we had a pretty, pretty uh, interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, man, I definitely think that, um, you know, it, it was uh, definitely one, one of the better podcasts I've done in quite some time. Um, you know, that's no offense to any other podcast, podcast guests that I've had. I just have, I've mainly had like music artists on the show over the past year or so to get someone who's of a similar background uh, to myself and someone who does podcasting and stuff like that, you know, it, it was, it was definitely fun. You know, it was definitely cool to talk to a fellow podcaster because um, how the other, the only other podcaster that I've interviewed uh, before him was Noble Barca and he's a, a podcaster and a, and a music artist as well. So yeah, it was definitely fun to uh, get to talk to Mark. Uh, you check out the Evil Mark Show anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, Mark um, posts new episodes weekly, um, and yeah, definitely has a great uh, sports show. So definitely check out the Evil Mark Show on anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, you know you'll get a an intriguing and thought provoking podcast. Oh, what do we got? We, we got? we got something else to say. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady is coming back. For a 23rd season, Tom Brady is coming back. He just announced on the old Twitter machine that, and let me read it to you right now, these past two months I realized my place is on the field, not in the stands. That time will come, but it is not now. He loves his teammates. He loves his family. They make it all possible. But Brady is coming back for a 23rd season in Tampa, unfinished business, LFG, which, you know, let's go. So that is why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not replaced Tom Brady at quarterback. That is why they have not 
made an offer for Deshaun Watson. That is why they held out hope and, as Jason Light said, kept the light on for Tom Brady because he's coming back. So Tom Brady's retirement lasted about a month, and he is now back. Let's yeah. go. All right, let's get into today's show, guys. Um, I'm going to start off talking about Tom Brady. Yes, uh, Tom Brady. Um, I would say it was about a month or two ago that I talked about the retirement rumors um, about Brady. But, you know, Tom Brady is coming out of retirement. So, uh, yeah, Brady announced that he'll be that he will be uh, returning to the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his 23rd NFL season on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you know, Brady uh, stated that he has unfinished business. Uh, Brady tweeted these past two months. I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa, unfinished business, let's fucking go. So what do I think about this? I believe that the entire Brady retirement has been a charade from the start. And I think it was merely just a tactic to draw more attention to Tom Brady. You know, I kept quiet about Brady's retirement for a reason, you know, just in case something like this happened, because, you know, I, I just didn't believe that this he was done. You know, um, even when he announced his retirement, I felt like that wasn't it. And then you had all the analysts on ESPN and Fox Sports saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Brady, he'll be back. You know, the question is when. You know, so, yeah, I felt like there was no finality in Brady's retirement decision. So now that Brady's come out of retirement, you know, what do I expect to see out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now that he's back? You know, I believe that we will see more of the same success that Brady has had with Tampa Bay over the last two seasons. I mean, he has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette, who they recently re-signed to a three-year deal. Uh, and I'm guessing they'll bring back his boy, Rob Gronkowski. Um, definitely got to have him in there. Um, but, yeah, I believe Brady's return from retirement saves the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I believe they had no idea what they were going to do at quarterback. You know, I heard Blaine Gabbert was, you know, uh, a thought at some point. But, you know, yeah, I, I feel like they had no idea who what they what they were going to do. Um, you know, we heard, you know, that they were uh, one of the teams that were interested in Deshaun Watson. And, of course, you know, when we get to the Deshaun Watson here in a minute. But, yeah, I, I don't think they had any idea what they were going to do, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I think now – they should draft someone in the first or second round to sit behind Brady for a season or two, because I don't think there's anyone on that depth chart right now that can fulfill that need. You know, um, I mean, I know they drafted Kyle Trask uh, a year or two ago, but I don't think he, they feel like he's going to be Brady's future successor. You know, I think uh, Kyle Trask, at best, is probably going to be um, a backup. 
But yeah, I mean, I think they need to draft somebody because who knows how long Brady's going to play. I mean, yeah, I mean, he could, you know, play another season after this season because the interesting thing is that Tom Brady will become a free agent after this season. So, you know, he'll play this year out with Tampa Bay and then who knows what happens after that. Maybe he plays for his childhood team in the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Maybe maybe the 49ers will decide that Trey Lance isn't ready, and maybe they'll let Tom Brady finish out his career with the 49ers. That's even if Brady decides to play in 2023. But I don't know. Like I said, I feel like Tom Brady's retirement was a big charade. You know, I just kind of felt like this was a big publicity stunt. And, you know, and, you know, here we are now. He's back for another season. So, yeah. Hello, Ohio. Here are your top stories from around the state and the nation. Deshaun Watson's stunning trade to the Browns became official Sunday, capping a whirlwind few days where the three-time pro bowler accused by 22 women of sexual harassment or assault agreed to come to Cleveland after initially telling the team he wouldn't. The Browns are taking heat for bringing in Watson, but the team says they feel comfortable with the decision. It's been a wild offseason here in the NFL thus far. You know, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks being traded, uh, a lot of big moves going down, but no move has been bigger than Deshaun Watson being traded to the Cleveland Browns, yes. You know, Deshaun Watson, you know, I mean, he's been marred in controversy, you know, with the uh, with the sexual assault allegations from the uh, 22 massage therapists who filed civil suits against him. You know, recently I covered that he will not be facing any criminal charges for the in connection to the allegations. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that here in a minute. But. Yeah, the Texans, they traded Deshaun Watson last week to the Cleveland Browns for three first-round picks. So it would be one for this year, one for next year, and one for the year after that. And then a a third-round pick for next year and two fourth-round picks for this year and for 2024. And the Browns get Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth-round draft pick all of that for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so, yeah, the Texans, you know, they, they got their three first-round picks that they wanted. Um, so what does this mean for Deshaun Watson? Well, for Deshaun Watson, he's getting what he wants, and I'm thrilled for him. I am. I'm glad that he's away from the Houston Texans, who is, in my opinion, a dumpster fire of an organization. I mean, my God, the Texans are just a hot mess, and they and they will be for years to come until they get their shit together. But yeah, I mean, I think Deshaun Watson is in a fantastic situation with the Browns. That right now they have a strong offense. You know, they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as the running backs. Uh, they acquired wide receiver Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. And David Nojoku, um, their tight end, you know, I think he's poised to make a big impact this season. And I'm excited to see what Deshaun Watson accomplishes with his new squad. 
Now, my Baltimore Ravens, you know, this ain't good news because right now, looking at the Browns' offense and my team's offense, I don't think we stack up, man. I really think we don't. Uh, and shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rough for sure. I'm dealing with Deshaun Watson twice a year now in, in our division. But um, so, you know, we'll, but, but now that Deshaun Watson, you know, he's figured out where he's going to play for the next, you know, five, six years to come, you know, let's talk about the fallout. You know, let's talk about what's, you know, the perception of Deshaun Watson right now. Um, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson is not facing any criminal charges in connection with the allegations of sexual assault, it appears that some people really believe that he's guilty. I believe that people have a negative impression of Deshaun as a result of his current circumstances. It is, in my opinion, extremely unfair because there is no evidence that he did anything wrong. And I do not believe that he did anything wrong. You know, I've been talking about this for quite some time, you know, over, you know, a year, you know, I covered the Deshaun Watson situation um, along with the other sports media, you know, uh, um, groups out there. And um, yeah, I, I just believe from the start that, you know, this was a whole, this was just a money grab, you know, right from the start. But um, I sincerely hope that the NFL does not suspend him because it will only serve to reinforce the negative perception that some people have of him. However, I believe that in time that people will forget about it because Deshaun will let his play speak for itself and he will do what he does best. All right, let's change gears here. Let's talk about Amanda Bynes. Now, you guys might remember Amanda Bynes as a kid, you know, be on the, the Amanda show and all that. Well, um, a judge has decided to terminate her conservatorship. A judge on Tuesday officially removed Amanda Bynes' conservatorship which she had been overseeing her personal and professional affairs for the last nine years. During a brief, a brief hearing that lasted just over five minutes, Ventura County Judge Roger Lund said, and I quote, the conservatorship is no longer needed or desired, hence the motion for termination is granted. Lynn Bynes, Amanda Bynes' mother, had been acting as her conservator and had not objected to the conservatorship complaint filed last month. So you might be wondering, what is a conservatorship? A conservatorship is a legal status in which a court appoints someone to handle a minor or incapacitated person's financial and personal affairs. A conservator can also act as a guardian establishing and supervising the individual's physical care, as well as controlling their living circumstances. So what do I think about this? A conservatorship, in my opinion, should be made illegal. I mean, it's one thing if a person suffers for, from severe mental illness or a medical condition 
that prevents them from living a normal, productive daily life. But a conservatorship effectively grants you power over someone's life, practically. Uh, parents of former child stars allow their kids to be victimized by Hollywood culture. And then they capitalize from the fact that they are too fucked up to handle situations as adults. You know, I mean, yeah, because look what happened with Britney Spears. You know, she was under a conservatorship as well for many years. You know, her dad was her conservator. And I think that the parents of these child stars to are just take advantage of the fact, you know, they did it. I mean, just, it's just the, the whole money aspect of it. And it's like, how can I benefit from this? You know, you put them under a conservatorship, you have control over a person's professional and financial affairs. It's not right. I think the parents should be fucking ashamed of themselves for doing this kind of thing. Because that's the thing, like, you know, these child stars, they don't know what they're getting themselves into when they get out to Hollywood or if they get to be on these Nickelodeon shows or what have you, you know? I mean, we've seen a lot of child stars um, be victims of you know, the Hollywood culture, you know, because that's the thing. I mean, you've seen it with, uh, like I said, Britney Spears before, um, and then look at Macaulay Culkin and all, all the shit that's happened with him. You know, Macaulay Culkin, you know, he was a, a child star sensation in the Home Alone movies. And now, you know, Macaulay Culkin just fell from grace and sad. You know, it's just sad to see. And then the parents just do shit like this, like 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 a conservatorship. But you know, I am glad Amanda Bynes is no longer under a conservatorship. You know, she's in control of her own life. Cause that because that let's let's not get twisted. When when you when someone is under a conservatorship, they are no longer in control of their own life. Point blank. Yeah. So, yeah, conservatorship, in my opinion, should be illegal. The parents who do this type of shit should be ashamed of themselves. Children in kindergarten do not need to hear about a hundred different sexual orientations, sexual preferences in reality, and gender identities. Our children are not and should not be part of a social experiment. This can only be known as indoctrination. Should teachers tell children, pick a gender, any gender, you'll be happy? Do we say lie, cheat, kill, still, you'll be happy? And LBGQT issues. Children can be traumatized by these non-biblical issues. I can tell you what's inappropriate. is a man in a Speedo talking about sex to the class or a drag queen Thanks. coming into an elementary school.
let's talk about uh, Disney and their stance on the don't say gay bill. Yes, um, there's been a lot of controversy around the don't say gay bill. And Disney has been under criticism of their um, stance on it, on the whole matter. Um, Employees at Disney staged a walkout on Tuesday in protest of the company's response to Florida's divisive parental rights and education law, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by critics. So let's talk about the Don't Say Gay Bill for a minute. You know, what is the bill about? Um, Well, it's very vague, but basically it forbids teachers from discussing LGBTQ plus problems with students in grades three and below. So basically you can't talk about being gay or transgender or anything like that. Um, so ESPN and Disney plus, you know, they tweeted out, well, I'll start with ESPN. ESPN tweeted that ESPN believes in inclusivity, inclusivity and denounces legislation and acts actions across the United States that infringe on any human rights. We stand with our LGBTQIA plus colleagues, friends, families, and fans. We'll continue to partner with organizations that support the LGBTQIA plus community, be accountable where we fall short of expectations and never stop telling stories about LGBTQIA plus athletes. Disney Plus, they tweeted, our hope is to be a source of inclusive, empowering, and authentic stories that unite us in our shared humanity. So here is my opinion on this whole thing. Well, just the bill in general, not Disney. I'll, I'll get to Disney here in a minute. But um, you know, here's my view on the matter. And this might be polarizing, perhaps offensive to some people, but it's my show, it's my opinion. I support everyone, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. You can be whoever you want and with whomever you choose. It's none of my business, but I believe that kids in kindergarten through third grade should not be concerned with their sexuality. I believe that Florida's state government is anti-gay and anti-transgender. And the bill, in my opinion, is unnecessary. Because why else would they be bringing this into the picture? But we must allow children to be children. Allow them to worry about this until they're older. Right now, no. Yeah, I don't think kids that young should be worrying about whether, you know, they're gay or they're bisexual or, you know, or questioning, you know, their gender, gender identity. They, they shouldn't be, you know, but the, the bill is completely unnecessary, man. And I think it just, it's, it's a show of being anti-gay you know, anti, you know, um, homosexual, 
that's what this bill basically says to me. So Disney, they've shifted, shifted their stance and they now oppose the don't say gay bill. And I think they did this to make their employees happy. Now, employees were pissed that Disney didn't exactly uh, really respond initially towards the bill. Now, I believe they did this. And I, well, I, th I think that, um, you know, they, they realized that they, that they actually have gay employees. So they said, oh, shit. You know, we need, we need to adjust our position so that, you know, people don't think that we're anti-gay, you know, so that way people don't leave the company. You know, I think they basically did this to cover their own ass, you know. I really think that, you know, that's, that's what that is to me. You know, they basically are opposing the bill to, uh, you know, to please their employees and to better their image in the public about this. But, yeah, I mean, I mean Disney, I think they, initially, I don't think they wanted to really, like, you know, take a stand on this because, you know, I think they wanted to stay out of it. But that's the thing. Like, if you choose silence, you know, silence can be, can say a lot, you know, to be honest. I mean, I mean that's, yeah, you're not saying anything, but you're saying a lot at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty uh, um, sensitive situation with the don't say gay bill. But like I said, you know, I support everyone. You know, I don't care if you are, you know, gay, lesbian, uh, you know, transsexual, you know, you live your life. You know, you be with whoever you want to be with. And as long as you're happy, that's what that's all that matters to me. But when it comes to kids, I don't think that, that they should, you know, be, over, be worried about that right now. But that's just my opinion. On the next morning, this mother is fighting to save her teen daughter's future. I will not allow him to sign a birth certificate. When you prove that Ben's not the father, you all be back here. We coming back here with the other guy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Will the results end this teen paternity drama? Plus, Amanda stepped out on her husband with another man. His own stepbrother. I was quite pissed. You don't break the brother code. Which man is the dad? Families battle over the DNA on the next month. All right, let's talk about the Maury show. Yeah, the Maury Povich show. After 31 years of being on the air, veteran daytime talk show host Maury Povich is retiring. With the final original episodes of Maury planned to air in September, on Monday, NBC Universal confirmed the 83-year-old Povich's departure. The company claims that the show contains thousands of vibrant, exciting, and dramatic episodes that will continue to be successful in daytime for years to come. Therefore, old episodes are likely to be reintroduced in some way. So, um, yeah, man, I have to give more Povich credit where credit is due. It's had a lot of success on daytime television. You know, daytime television is, is what it is because of people like Maury um, and Steve Wilkos and my uncle, Jerry Springer. 
Um, you know, he's not really my uncle. Um, but a lot of people do ask me that if Jerry Springer is actually my uncle. Um, but yeah, with uh, paternity reveals and people being exposed for cheating on their significant others and other issues, you could call it trash TV. You could. But entertainment is entertainment. You know, Maury was able to do something to entice people to watch his show, similar to how I discuss things on the podcast that will interest you to watch or listen to it. But yeah, I wish more Povich a happy retirement. And it takes a lot of dedication to be on TV for 31 years. You know, I just think it's really cool, you know, for someone to kind of be on TV, TV for that long. And Maury Povich, man, he's 83 years old. You know, he's almost as old as my grandmother. So yeah, man, that's, that's crazy, man. But yeah, man, you know, props to Maury Povich. Hope he has a great retirement and, you know, and, uh, you know, looks like they're going to be uh, sending off the, the Maury show in the right way. All right, let's talk about um, some, some drugs. <laughs> um, uh, more specifically, ecstasy, you know, because uh, there's a new trial out there, some, a new study about MDMA therapy for PTSD. So the latest evidence suggests that MDMA, often known as ecstasy, can improve mental health when paired with therapy, according to follow-up data from a phase three trial. The study discovered that MDMA-assisted therapy relieves symptoms of patients with post-traumatic stress disorder better than talk therapy alone and that his recovery lasted for months. The outcomes of this experiment, as well as others, will almost certainly pave the road for FDA formal approval of MDMA in the near future. San Francisco researcher Jennifer Mitchell said in a statement provided by the American Chemical Society that MDMA is really interesting because it's an empathogen. It causes the release of oxytocin in the brain which creates feelings of trust and closeness that can really help in a therapeutic setting. So um, last week when I spoke with Mark Hammond, the host of the Evil Mark Show, you know, he revealed to me that he tried DMT before and how it changes your brain chemistry in a positive way. You know, I find the studies, uh, I find the findings of this study on MDMA to be pretty intriguing. Um, you know, because many people suffer from PTSD. So, you know, psychoactive drugs, I believe, can be beneficial for those suffering with this specific mental disorder um, in a controlled situation. However, I believe that this might also be a drawback because drug abuse and addiction is always a possibility because uh, people tend to desire more and more of anything they enjoy once they acquire a taste for it. So with that being said, you know, I believe that cannabis, weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, uh, in my opinion, is a better and safer option for helping someone with their mental health. I mean, it's fine if MDMA or another psychoactive drug works for you, more power to you. 
but is it long-term safe? And that's the question that I'm posing. You know, I'm not saying that Exocede can't, you know, be a long-term option for someone who is suffering from PTSD because, you know, we have a lot of, you know, military veterans that suffer from PTSD and yeah, man, it, it can be tough to cope with that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for, you know, um, using alternative methods to help somebody, you know, the, I mean, because that's the thing, the more that we can help people with mental health problems, the better, you know? So, I mean, if, if ecstasy is the answer in a controlled situation, then cool. But, you know, I still believe that, you know, cannabis, medical marijuana is a better alternative and safer. All right, now the last uh, topic here is we're, we're going back to football here. Tyreek Hill was traded yesterday to the Miami Dolphins. Yes, in a shocking trade, the Kansas City Chiefs traded six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks. A, a 2022 first-round pick, a second-round pick, a fourth round pick plus fourth and sixth round picks in the 2023 draft. And the Dolphins are also giving Tyreek Hill a four year, $120 million extension, including $72.2 million guaranteed, and also including $52.5 million at signing, uh, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. So the Dolphins, in my opinion, have become a significantly better team as a result of the Tyreek Hill trade. You know, him and Jalen Waddell, who they drafted last year, they have, you know, they have the potential to be one of the most explosive wide receiver duos in recent memory. The only concern is whether Tua Tungavailoa can pass the ball consistently. You know, with the amount of talent, at his disposal, Tua has no excuses for failing this year, in my opinion. You know, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gusecki, you know, and they also got Chase Edmonds and free agency. You know, there is no more excuses for Tua Tungavailoa. You know, he, you know, this is his year to get his shit together and become the franchise quarterback that the Dolphins need him to be. But with this, with this addition, in my opinion, I think the Dolphins are now the second best team in their, in their division behind the Buffalo Bills. Now, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs. For, for them, this decision makes no sense at all. They took away their top receiver, who was a significant, a significant component of Patrick Mahomes' success. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. And Juju, you know, he's a capable, capable receiver, but he's no Tyreek Hill. I get that the Chiefs couldn't afford to offer Tyreek what he wanted, but perhaps they should, shouldn't have given Patrick Mahomes that $500 million contract a few years ago because now they're having trouble keeping their best players. But... 
Yeah, man, you reap what you sow. Um, the Chiefs are in contact with Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is still a free agent, you know, as of this podcast, as of re- recording this show. Um, you know, he's still a free agent. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs are hoping to bring him in. If not, I anticipate them to use one of their first round picks to select a receiver. Um, and, uh, you know, I think if they do draft a receiver, you know, I believe that Chris Olave of Ohio State or Sky Moore of Western Michigan would be the best fit for their offense. You know, I, uh, Chris Olave, you know, he uh, was a standout at Ohio State. Now, I know I've said before that, you know, I – or I don't think I've addressed this on the podcast, but, you know, the way that uh, Olave – you know, um, left Ohio State, you know, he, you know, didn't play in the bowl game and because he wanted to be healthy for the combine, you know, I think that was incredibly selfish of him to do. And I, and I do kind of want to see him be a bust at the next level. But at the same time, you know, I think that him or Sky Moore, you know, I think they both have the size and speed to be a complement replacement for Tyreek Hill, not a total replacement because you can't not replace the playmaking ability of Tyreek Hill. You can't. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be under a lot of pressure. You know, I believe that there's their offense is significantly weaker without Tyreek Hill. Yes. He still has Travis Kelsey, the league's best tight end, but Tyreek Hill was a vital part of their team. And Mahomes will have to prove that he is as good as everyone says he is and make it work. You know, there will be no more fuck it Tyreek down there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be no more now. So Mahomes is going to have to prove it, man. He's going to have to prove that he's as good as everyone says he is for sure. All right, guys, that will conclude the podcast for today. I thank you guys for your support as always. You know, be sure to watch watch the podcast on Spotify and listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. And I'll be back with an all-new episode here very soon. Take care. Talk to you soon. And peace.